0: Welcome to episode 178 of the digital life a show about our insights into the future of design and technology i'm your host john follett and with me is founder and co-host dirk niemeyer greetings listeners for the podcast this week we're going to discuss innovation game design and the mind of albert einstein dirk has been working with the einstein archives at the hebrew university of jerusalem to create a unique game uh, that will allow players to uh, use some of Einstein's insights uh, in a playful and uh, involved fashion that will be uh, fun as well. So, Dirk, congrats on uh, on this latest game. What number is this, number six or seven for you?
1: Thanks. I, I, I have to be honest, I've lost count, um, not because there's so many, but just because that's how my mind works. So it's less than ten, more than five. It's somewhere in that range, yeah.
0: Right, so could you tell us how you began this work with the Einstein Archives? Because that's a, that's a pretty prestigious uh, commission there.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I had the good fortune to work on a game called Tesla versus Edison War of Currents that was published in 2015. And uh, as part of working with that, we were working with the folks at um, the Thomas Edison Foundation. And they're represented by a company called Greenlight, which manages... Um, rights for different, you know, different celebrities. And they were really um, impressed with the work that we did on on Tesla versus Edison. So um, coming out of that, they had some other opportunities that they wanted to offer. And one of them was um, to do something uh, for for, uh, the Albert Einstein people, which was... Hugely humbling. I mean, if you, or I'll just speak for myself, I won't speak for anyone else, but if I think of, you know, the 10 people who were sort of most important or most interesting uh, in world history, I mean, for me, Albert Einstein's just clearly on that list as someone who, you know, revolutionized physics, but also lived a really rich, interesting um, life, uh, which I was sort of aware of before I did the research, was particularly aware of after. So, yeah, it was, it's just one of those things where life works this way so often, where you do one thing and you do good work on it, and then it leads to something else that you didn't expect, um, and very happily so in this case.
0: Yeah, it seems like you have a uh, theme that uh, pervades at least some of your games, which is science and technology and, and innovation, which, of course, is directly related to what we talk about on the show.
1: That's true. Yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I, I enjoy expressing myself through invention and innovation, and so I take a great interest in those things. I, I also like history and like learning about that which came before. And so sort of, you know, a, a history of science, a history of invention, a history of business, like those, those just feel good and are sweet spots for me. So, um, yeah, I've, I've kind of uh, taken that channel and I'm running with
0: it. So, along those lines, you know, as you were doing this research into Einstein's life, uh, what were some of the insights that you gained that that uh, either surprised you or or you thought were particularly notable?
1: Certainly, lots of stuff. Um, you know, I'll, I'll start with the things that made him a great innovator, because those are some of the things that I think are really applicable to to our listeners, maybe professionally as well as just from the standpoint of curiosity. Um, there were a few things that enabled Dr. Einstein to uh, literally revolutionize physics with, with the things that he did in, in the, at the very beginning of the 20th century. Um, one of them is that he was rebellious by nature. So it's, it's important to understand that the Newtonian laws of physics had been ruling for over 200 years at that point and were taken and accepted as correct. It's like anything that you were doing in physics, anything, any further development or exploration you were doing, took that as a granted and a given. And anything, that had to be respected in order for anything else you did to be the case. Einstein's personality was rebellious. He didn't get along with teachers, and you know, he got in trouble a lot. You know, he sort of famously didn't do well in certain subjects at school, he just didn't like them. I mean, it's not that he was, not smart enough, but it wasn't. it wasn't his interest, or he didn't like the teachers, or... He was a rebel at, at heart, very much so, and it was that re- rebellious streak that allowed him to ask the question of, maybe Newton wasn't right. Um, there was another famous scientist who was uh, maybe a generation ahead of Einstein, uh, French, I, I've, I've never heard it spoken, so I might be mispronouncing it, but Henri uh, Poincare, And he was heading down the exact same path as Einstein, maybe 10 years before, um, but he took Newton being correct for granted. And so he was so close, I mean, tantalizingly close if you look at the things that Poincare did, but he wasn't able to say maybe the missing piece is that Newton was wrong. And Einstein, in his character and in his nature, he questioned it all. And so at the moment that his explorations were being held back by Newton, he said, what if we threw out Newton? And that's how he got there. So um, the, 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 the rebellious, the, the the refusal to accept what he's told is true as truth was, was really important. A second thing, and you know, here at Involution, we're, we're, we have um, mostly designers work here, people who are visual thinkers and visual storytellers, Einstein was a visual problem solver. That's not typical for physicists. It's not not typical for people at that time doing what he was doing to think that way and problem solve that way. And, um, you know, science historians attribute that visual problem solving, that um, preference as well as skill for visual problem solving as being a big reason why he was able to figure out some of the things uh, that he that he figured out, and and the last thing that I'll mention is that he was incredibly multidisciplinary. It's certainly nowhere near the level um, of physics, but he also is notable in the field of philosophy for um, some of the, the the things that he offered there, particularly around um, you, you know sort of one world government, social collectivism, and and questions that related to some of those things, and also overlapped with physics and. That is just a testament to how curious his mind was, and how um, this ties into the rebelliousness a little bit, but how he just he just oozed across these different these different areas and these different ways of thinking. Um, so those are those are certainly three things from the standpoint of innovation that I think are core to who he was and why he was able to achieve what he did but that also we can take uh, the mere mortals among us who aren't einstein right the synonym for genius and apply to our own our own activities um you know the other thing moving more to his personal life the fact that he had an interesting personal life i think anyone who's aware of him as a historical figure knows if only because it Pretty much everyone knows he was chased out of Germany by the Nazis and moved to the United States. I mean, that's a, um, you know that's sort of a cinematic moment in his life, um, right at the beginning. But really, his his whole life um, was was filled with with these different moments of really interesting, rich, really interesting, rich stuff. And a lot of it did come back to his view of the world. You know, during World War One. Um, he was actively anti-war. He was an active pacifist and, um, you know, was, was, publishing, was publishing stuff. And that, that might not sound like a big deal here in, in the United States, but he was doing it in a very nationalistic, very militaristic Germany where the physicists around him, uh, famous, famous physicists in there, like Max Planck, for example, who if you're talking about the five most f- um, important physicists ever. Planck is probably on that list, too. You know, Planck was, he was German. He was pro the Nationalist War and, and all of this stuff. And so Einstein was a Jew in an anti-Semitic culture surrounded by nationalism and pro-war fervor, and he opposed it, he, despite being in a tiny minority of people who opposed it. This was not World War One, not World War II, right? A whole generation before, basically. And, and so... Uh, like that's just one slice, but but his life is full of this interesting um, nuance. A lot of it comes back to his nonconformity and his rebelliousness. But where the facts of his life are not a, a scientist casually, you know, with their uh, you know with, with their coat with the leather pads on the elbows and the pipe in the mouth, just just thinking and teaching. I mean, this is someone who is really engaged in in the world. Um, in the United States, he contributed to the civil rights movement. I mean he's, he's really a, a, a wonderfully interesting person. Um, I, obviously I could go on and on. I guess I sure. already have.
0: <laughs> so So from that research that, that uh, you immersed yourself in, you know how did that affect your approach to the game? How did you build the structure of the game? Uh, out of out of your research and and you know making that reflect you know those elements that uh, that you just spoke of, of of Einstein's personality. Yes, I really wanted the mechanics of the game to evoke the things that made him special
1: as a scientist. So the rebelliousness is a little bit harder. I didn't I didn't try and deal with that. But going across different branches of science was important to me, and visual problem solving was important to me. And so I designed the game as an abstract game, and abstract games are sort of notoriously. Themeless. So superficially, that seems like an odd choice because I'm trying to make the game so, so heavily themed. But I wanted people to be doing visual problem solving. So um, I have each player having four different shapes of pieces. And each shape represents a different field of science, so physics, mathematics, chemistry, and philosophy. And um, you're trying to assemble them into sort of recipes. So you put multiple shapes together to, to form a shape. And this is all part of one central shape that all the different players are playing into basically. Um, and so the idea there was to capture the multiple sciences, but then also this big visual growing interesting, in the game it's called the big idea. It's like the, the the big idea of science is growing with all of these different sciences feeding into it essentially. And then the recipes you have that give you points are on cards and those cards each have some anecdote from his life. So, There's 40 such cards in the game, and I've I've broken them into four different periods of his life where players are playing as either young, prime, globetrotting, or wise. And each of those players has these different cards that have, you know, each player's 10 unique anecdotes from from his life, basically. So, the game is using very abstract, non-thematic mechanics to capture his his visual, problem-solving nature. But then is bringing in the stories of his life through you know through the cards that people are playing with on their turns.
0: Oh, very cool. So, what's the what's the timeline for the game's release and what stage are you in in its development?
1: The game's pretty much done. You know, we still have some testing going, but it's balanced, it's working. We're we're basically done. You know, we have uh, we have it set for a June release. So it will probably be done before then, but we try and um, under promise and over deliver. So. June, June is where we're at right now. And, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty much done. And the Kickstarter is is starting soon.
0: So another thought that, that crossed my mind was, you know, as you were talking about how these, uh, insights into, into Einstein's methodologies, uh, came about from your, your research, um, what are some of the, the takeaways that, that you think might be helpful to today's technology innovators. You, you mentioned visual thinking uh, and rebellion as, as two you know, sort of themes that came up. Are, are there particular ways that you can see that fitting into uh, uh, today's hunt for innovation uh, you know, based on, on the, the research that you've done? Yeah, I mean, certainly
1: uh, from the standpoint of like the the rebellious inspiration, I mean, don't take anything for granted, right? Right now the world is a certain way. The the society is structured a certain way, but that doesn't have to be the case in 100 years or 50 years or perhaps even 20 years. And so as you are thinking about how technology can be leveraged, how advances in science can be extended, don't put yourself in, in the... In the frame of this is the way the world is, assume you can make the world be a completely different one, and that will open up uh, new new vistas and new horizons uh, for for where your invention and innovation can go.
0: That's great. It, it sounds like you've got a a, a whole other uh, uh, game or or book or or something like that around around the innovation side of it. Uh, certainly, based on the on the, uh, the insights that you've put together as a result of your research.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've had the, the privilege to study really inspiring thinkers like Dr. Einstein, like Thomas Edison and Nikola Tesla and um, a bunch of others. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, the more that I can ensconce myself in, in those sort of things and then bring it to life, whether it be, you know, working with clients or with publishing games or maybe writing a book someday, it's, it's all good. I'm, I'm very blessed to, to be able to do it.
0: Excellent. Well, congrats again, and we'll look forward to the, uh, the Kickstarter for your Albert Einstein game. Thanks, John. Listeners, remember that while you're listening to the show, you can follow along with the things that we're mentioning here in real time. Just head over to thedigitallife.com, that's just one L in the digital life, and go to the page for this episode. We've included links to pretty much everything mentioned by everybody, so it's a rich information resource to take advantage of while you're listening, or afterward if you're trying to remember something that you liked. You can find The Digital uh, Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Player FM, and Google Play. And if you want to follow us outside of the show, you can follow me on Twitter at John Follett, that's J-O-N-F-O-L-L-E-T-T. And of course, the whole show is brought to you by Involution Studios, which you can check out at goinbo.com. That's G-O-I-N-V-O.com. Dirk?
1: You can follow me on Twitter at d That's at D-K-N-E-M-E-Y-E-R. And if you're interested in the Einstein game, just go to kickstarter.com, search for Einstein, and it'll be the first thing that shows up.
0: So that's it for episode 178 of The Digital Life. For Dirk Niemeyer, I'm John Follett